Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just 20 minutes, I know this is impossible. I know this sounds redundant. There's another Clark Rageous moment with a new emerging scandal about Wells Fargo. I'm going to fill you in on it in just 20 minutes. All I can tell you is you got to be really careful doing business with this bank. There's just too much rot there. And coming up later this hour, car company has announced a big breakthrough in how gasoline engines will work in their vehicles starting next year. I'm going to tell you what it means to you, what it means for your wallet, coming up in just 30 minutes. I want to talk right now about what it means to your wallet with the change coming with how you access video. You know, the traditional way of offering video where there's been a gatekeeper, a monopoly cable company or one of the satellite companies or one of the phone companies, And so they decide what package you're going to get, what you're going to pay. That's so done. It is so done. And I need for you to be aware how done it is. One company of programmers has been obstinate that they were not going to bypass the monopolies for programming. And they blinked yesterday. Or was it this morning? The Walt Disney Company is now going to offer a direct-to-consumer sports channel. They're not calling it ESPN yet. And they're going to offer a channel direct-to-consumer for movies and television of the Disney brand. This is big news because they were the last, really, they were like the last man standing in the traditional way we paid for access to video and now the options are fantastic i think i told you a couple of weeks ago that people under age 40 overwhelmingly don't know that local channels are available for free Because people under 40 grew up in the pay TV era and never knew that you can buy a simple antenna that you plug into your TV that will give you a better picture for free on local channels than you can get from cable, satellite, or the phone company. That's right. It's a better picture. Crystal clear. As long as your TV will put out a crystal clear picture. Because you get the full bore signal. No digital compression like the pay TV providers do. So you can get the local channels. And by the way, you'll get three to five times more local channels in your area than you even knew existed for free with a digital antenna. And then you can marry that with whatever streaming services appeal to you. Now, if you get too crazy with the streaming stuff, 
you can end up running your bill all the way up to where it's like two-thirds of what you right now pay for pay TV. But if you are disciplined about it, because most people do almost all their viewing on about half a dozen channels, if you're disciplined about it, look through the streaming services and come up with the streaming service that most fits your viewing pattern, this is a win all the way around for you in savings and choice. Look at my guide at Clark.com about the various streaming options. None of them are perfect, but they're getting closer and closer to being robust, viable alternatives without compromise to having the traditional monopoly pay TV package. Our main web address is Clark.com, and when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. Josh has a question for me. Hello, Josh. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Josh. How can I serve you? Clark, I have a question for you in regards to negotiating a salary for a new position that I was just offered. My past two full-time positions, including my current one, um, I have uh, reluctantly not negotiated salary. I have vowed not to make that mistake again moving forward. And I would like to get your opinion on how to go into the, uh, the negotiations for, I've already been made an offer, let me put that out. Um, do I come in with a fixed number, requesting what I want, and is the number too much, or do I try to remain more flexible and open just requesting that um, I, I would like to see if a higher salary could be offered? I don't want to seem overzealous um, with it, but at the same time, I do want to sell myself as being the optimal candidate for this position and getting what I feel I'm worth. And we're in a different era now. If you have a skill set and experience that's in demand, if you go back just a few years ago, employers had such an upper hand on potential hires and existing employees that people were afraid to ask for anything. But today, do you have a skill set that if this employer says, well, if you're thinking you're going to get that kind of money, we're not even interested in having you, are you employable with your skill set elsewhere i i see yes and and what i, I feel with that, the size of the company the number of people um the, the field that it's in the location it's in it is a reasonable salary as it is but again and at the same time i i do you don't want to sell yourself company. short and leave money exactly. on the table it, it, exactly and i've always heard you know you never accept the first offer given you always want to ask for more because if you feel you're worth it you want to get everything you can well, there's a twofer here. If you can do some research online and get a sense about what your skills, experience, training should translate into in a salary that would be really favorable to you, it gets you. It gives you more confidence in seeking that, and it gives you more credibility with the employer on why you feel you're worth so many dollars versus what they've offered. I see. And you can do it in a way, say, you know, I've really looked around and your offer to me seems very nice, but from what I've checked, it looks like this position should pay, based on my experience, this amount. So you're not saying this is a, a line in the sand. If you don't meet this, I'm not gonna come to work for you. Because it doesn't sound like you're thinking that way. You'd like to work there. you just like to bump up that check a little bit. Yeah, that's correct. So your language is very important in that negotiation. 
And so if you say it in ways, you know, I've looked and it really looks like it's more reasonable for you to pay me blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So you haven't said to them, pay me this. You've said, you know, I think you should probably be paying me this. So you haven't put painted them into a corner and then come back and say, well, you know, this is really what we feel this position's worth. Or, okay, we'll bump it up this. Exactly. No, I don't you, want to come in making it seem like I'm making demands for a specific number, but rather being flexible based on, uh, like you said, uh, the research that I've done to support my, my request. And that is, you just use the most important word, a request. That mm-hmm. if it comes across as a request, no offense should be taken. I will tell you this, if you ask in a very subtle, non-threatening way, and you get a hostile response, you may have learned something very important about whether it's a place you really want to work anyway. That's a good point. So go for it. Just do some homework so you're confident that what you're asking for is, in fact, a reasonable dollar amount. Manny's with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a wedding coming up. Uh, Yes, we do. Um, Yeah, my daughter and her now fiancé got engaged about three or four weeks ago, and they're planning to get married in about two years. And um, I must admit, my husband and I haven't really talked at all about the wedding, so it's still two years away. But my daughter called the other day and um, was saying, well... You know, you know, it's traditional for the bride's parents to pay for the wedding, and at that point, I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'm caught as by surprise. I don't know what the etiquette is these days. All right. Um, so first, uh, let me say to you, uh, Mary, it's not necessarily um, always done that way anymore. How okay. old is your daughter, and how old is her fiance? Um, she is 23, and he is almost 23, so they are quite young. Okay, so it is, the younger an engaged couple is, the more likely it is that the parents of the bride-to-be pay for the wedding. Okay. I mean, that is true. You know, when someone's, uh, a lot of people are getting married later in life, and especially, I would say, there's an arbitrary number, but when people get married past age 30, they've been out on their own for a long time at that point i think that tradition goes by the wayside and unless parents of the bride want to pay it should be an expense of the couple getting married just my thought um in your case i would say that yeah the burden does come your way but also the joy of seeing your daughter walk down the aisle yeah sure as long as you like the guy (laughs) we do okay (laughs) so the question is a wedding can be anywhere from under $100 to well over $100,000. How are you and your husband going to establish a budget? Well, um, she has mentioned, and this is very initial estimate, she's estimating about twenty dollars to $25,000 for the wedding. Um, and I must admit, my husband and I started leaning towards giving them a budget, although at the moment we, we haven't kind of agreed on a figure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still kind of talking about it, but we... Right, I'm you know, hearing some real guilt in your voice here. <laughs> I feel guilty about everything. So. All right, well, we got to put that guilt aside. Okay. And 
I don't know what kind of means you and your husband have. Are you are you um, very wealthy, not wealthy, in between? I'd say in between. I think for us, it's more that my husband's planning to retire in about three years. So that's quite a big kind of question as he well. He should not sacrifice his retirement to put on a big bash. Right. So I think I think the two of you should sit down on your own and really think through what you can afford to put into your daughter's wedding that will not impact the ability for your husband to retire in three years' time would allow you to not uh, hurt your standard of living. Because really, once you get past the cost of a license for a wedding, everything else is all about optional discretionary spending. But in retirement, a lot of spending is not optional or discretionary. You got to pay for food, you got to pay for a roof over your head, medical care, all the expenses that come with living your lives. And so I would I would move past any guilt instincts. And if what you and your husband can afford to contribute is $10,000, it doesn't matter that she's talking 20 or 25. Okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So I think the two of you need to, as the shrink say, you need to stay on your side. You know, that you need to protect yourselves. And whatever you put in is a dollar they didn't have, right? Yeah. And then they have to make compromises about how they do the wedding to stay within a budget that they can afford with what you offer, plus whatever they want to throw in. Okay. Sounds good. So please... Don't guilt trip yourself into (laughs) impacting your life. Okay. Okay? All right. Well, thank you very much. Sure. Right. Have a great day. Sometimes there's organizations that are just rotten to the core. And week by week, I worry more and more that Wells Fargo, one of the nation's four giant monster megabanks, is an organization that is flat out rotten to the core. It's the subject, yet again, of a Clark Rageous moment. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. Since we last talked to you, Wells Fargo has had three more scandals emerging. How amazing. First, if you are a business, a merchant, and you use Wells Fargo for merchant processing of your charges, credit cards, there's now a scandal unfolding that Wells was telling people they were paying one set of fees and then debiting them a much higher set of fees instead. And now there are legal actions against Wells for having taken enormous sums of money that they were not entitled to from businesses using them for credit card merchant merchant services. Then I told you recently about a scandal going on involving Wells Fargo auto lending. And Wells Fargo was charging people for insurance services that they didn't need, didn't request. Now added to that is a new section of scandal unfolding that Wells Fargo was charging people money on auto loans paid off early that the consumers did not owe. 
And then finally, with the fake account scam, where Wells opened over 2 million accounts for people who did not request them, didn't even know they existed in many cases, causing all kinds of problems for people and fees, their credit reports and the rest. Now Wells has announced that the number of people affected by that may be significantly higher than they thought, well higher than the $2 million. This is a bank that has failed to behave in an ethical manner. You are warned if you are a Wells Fargo customer that you better be on your lookout and you should consider, is this a bank you really want to do business with because the rod extends so wide and so deep. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main web address and Clark.com slash ask is where you go to ask me a question. When you go to Clark.com slash ask, you also can do something else. You can get advice off the air. In fact, if you look on Clark.com on our main screen, scroll down a little bit, you'll see about free off-the-air advice talking with a member of our team. We do that 45 hours each week. Did you hear about the announcement from Mazda? Mazda is a tiny Japanese car company that's always been like a featherweight boxer that punched like a heavyweight. They've always been very innovative with their design and their engines in spite of not having a lot of resources. Well, tiny little Mazda, the David against the Goliaths in the car business, has had a huge breakthrough with engine technology that's going to start showing up on vehicles late next year. It eliminates the spark plug in a gas engine vehicle and will allow uh, small crossovers to get 40 miles per gallon. I want you to think about that. A midsize SUVs would probably top 30 miles per gallon. This is big time news. This isn't using any kind of hybrid or anything like that. It's just an advancement in gas engines. And it's just one of the changes coming in the vehicle business in the United States. And around the world, the change is coming so fast that it's hard to fathom. Volvo eliminating traditional gas engines in a little less than two years. They will be selling only electric vehicles and what are known as plug-in hybrids that run as electric vehicles till a certain point and then they run on gasoline beyond that point. And now several countries have set dates to ban traditional gas engines and diesel engines. And all this change is coming about for different reasons. In some cases, it's geopolitical. In others, it is about air pollution in local areas. A number of communities planning to ban diesels and then later gas engines in urban areas because of choking air pollution in a lot of metro areas. So what happens in the midst of this, you know, we in the United States are 4% of the world's population, 4. And so 
we do not set the agenda for the world, but our automakers compete around the world. And we are going to have to be in a position to compete. We cannot allow other countries' automakers to be the innovators and make our automakers also RANDs. Now, we have one extremely innovative American company, Tesla, that has changed a lot of the conversation with vehicles and how they're powered and all that. But the reality is there's a huge shift occurring. And for you as a consumer, the important thing is for you to know that it seems every month there's a real innovation. I told you last month about the phenomenal thing Chrysler's come out with, which is a minivan. I know to a lot of people saying incredible and minivan and the same thought is absolutely abhorrent, but stay with me just a minute. They have a minivan called the Pacifica that they've come out with a new power plant for that in daily city suburban driving that it averages the equivalent of nearly 90 miles per gallon. And it is just part of the cycle we're going through because if you own a vehicle for a number of years, you think about the upfront purchase price. But now with all the new power plants and breakthroughs with technology coming, the ability for you to lower the cost of operation over the years of ownership, what you pay for fuel, what you pay for maintenance, these are all things coming on the table and should clearly be part of the decisions you make going forward when you're looking at buying a vehicle, whatever kind it is. Philip is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Philip, you have a question for me about Wells Fargo. How are you, Philip? Uh, I'm well, thank you. And yourself? Great, thank you. But this is Clark. I have a home uh, mortgage with, uh, with Wells Fargo, and... With all this negative news that's going on about how they're skimming here and skimming this there, how do I know, how can I go about determining whether or not the interest that I'm paying on that loan is properly reducing my balance with them? Well, I'm glad you're asking this because as best I know, there's been no scandal in recent years involving Wells Fargo cheating people on mortgages. And with any mortgage lender, particularly as loans are sold, more often not out of dishonesty, but more often because of incompetence, lenders will get your mortgage balance wrong. And I don't know if it's ever in your favor. So what you can do is on the internet for free, you can print out your own amortization schedule and you're able to put in your original loan balance when the loan started what interest rate you're paying and it will calculate within probably about one or two seconds a full amortization schedule you can print it out this is all free on the internet and then you're able to look and say, okay, do you get a monthly statement from Wells or only an annual? I get an annual. So when your annual comes, you can see, does it square up to the penny 
to the amortization schedule you printed out. Okay. Now, uh, what's the name of the site? There? Uh, well, there are many. One that I find very easy to use is one called dinkytown.net. D-I-N-K-Y-T-O-W-N dot N-E-T. Joel, will you make sure that one still works? It does work. Okay. That was good memory on my part. <laughs> so, so if you go to dinkytown.net, you'll see there are a bunch of different calculators you can do. The third one in the list is mortgage calculators, and you just put in those small number of parameters I mentioned, the start of the loan, the balance, and the interest rate, and you'll have instantly that schedule to be able to check up on wells. But again, Philip, this is great advice for anybody with a loan from anybody. That's exactly right. So, and hopefully Wells is completely behaving with your mortgage. But what a shame with one of the big four that had to be bailed out by the taxpayers last decade that we're dealing with these continuing unfolding scandals and it's just terrible that banks can be as much a criminal enterprise as they want. Nobody ever goes to jail. Nobody ever gets hurt except the customer and the taxpayer. Mikey is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Great. Thank you. You have a question for me about an old employer plan, place you used to work. Yes, sir. I have a, a 401k with a low-cost provider that I think you like. I'm just trying to figure out if it's best for me to keep that account or transfer it into a traditional IRA. So can I ask what kind of balance you have with that old 401k plan? It's about 40000 And who is it I like? Which company is it that you think I like? Well, it was with Schwab, and then they, the company who I love transferred to Vanguard. Okay, so it's now a Vanguard 401k. There's a direct advantage to you keeping that old 401k that's in Vanguard funds because many of the fund choices are institutional shares which carry a lower expense to you than if you were to move money even with Vanguard into your own IRA at Vanguard. So as long as you don't mind the hassle of having this extra account out there, this old 401k, I would say leave it there and let it over the years do what it's going to do, knowing that you're paying the lowest cost just about possible to have that money in that old 401k. Perfect. And a a second to that, I have a simple IRA that I started with another company. Should I... Or can I transfer that into the 401k? Do you know offhand? It depends on the rules that the administrator has for that account. As a general rule, they're not going to be thrilled about having something that is not classified the same. You know, particularly, oh, this is an old one. No, they're not going to take money from from you. I had to correct myself immediately. If you were, if this was a place you were actively employed they would have ground rules on what money they would accept from prior plans and what cla- what type of prior plans they would accept. But if this is an ex-employer, they're not going to accept additional inbound money. I mean, can I transfer that, that simple to 
to the 401k or should I keep it? And that's with another low-cost company. Oh, so now you're working at a new place that you have a new 401k, is that right? Oh, well, it's a too old place, the 401k, and then a simple IRA, and now I have a new 401k. Oh, okay. Um, it's this, yeah, right. The simple is only about 5000 So the rules of the new 401k would determine whether they'll accept an inbound contribution from a simple or a SEP. And okay. SEP, normally they would not accept. A simple, they might. But I would say with that, why don't you just put it in your own IRA, if you wish? Okay, I, I only have a Roth. So you and would have to, that would then involve you simple. opening another account. All right, contact the administrator for your current employer's 401k and see if okay. they will accept an inbound simple. And I, I don't remember any regulation that would prohibit them accepting a simple. It's possible there is one. But the thing is, it's your advantage if you can move that and have it as part of a low-cost employer 401k moving forward, since that's an ex-employer anyway. Neil is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Neil. Hey, Clark. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Um, long-time listener, um, and I, I got a question. Um, I've got an account with a major online retailer, um, and I've purchased orders from there. Um, but the last couple of days, I've gotten suspicious emails that uh, are coming from that says online retailer, um, but they look like phishing scans. It's like they want me to take a survey. So um, you're an Amazon customer, and supposedly Amazon out of the blue is surveying you? They're surveying me, and they're telling me that I have items that are shipped to my house that I, I didn't order. Um, and this was in first week of August, and uh, my last order was uh, about halfway through July. All right, so there's an easy way for you to check. Ignore the emails... Go to your um, phone or your computer, and do you use the Amazon app on your phone? Yes, sir. So just go to the Amazon app on your phone, and you can look at order history? Right, right. And I did that. That was one of the first things I did. But one of the things that was really fishy about it is these surveys actually use the Amazon logos and uh, asking for how satisfied you are with your order. So they're, they're getting good. Right, but you verified by going to order history that that was a completely bogus supposed Amazon email. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was, that was one of the first things I checked. But, well, that uh, is so I, smart you did that. You know what's so wonderful about what you're doing? You're warning your fellow listener, if they're an Amazon customer, really any other online seller, to be very careful. These are known as pretexting emails, where they pretend that it is the actual company you're buying from and that you are, you know, that here's information about your other orders and all that. What they're trying to get you to do is click through and before you know it, you've given the criminals your credentials, which you did not do. Oh, yes. No, sir. I get your scam alert daily, so I thank you for all you do. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. If you're doing all that, I should, in your honor, I should play... One of the things. Let's do this. Bat alert, bat alert. Yes. How about that, Neil? You've made my day, sir. All right. Have a great one, and thank you for warning your fellow listeners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark, where you post a question at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks for you. What do you want to start with, Joel? Clark, let's start with Virginia. She says, what can you tell me about Hulu.com? So Hulu is a video streaming service that has modified a lot just in the last, oh, about two months. They have a product they've had for years where you can see a lot of TV shows, principally TV shows, on demand. When you want to watch them, they're usually delayed a couple of days when they would have aired, and that Hulu starts at $8 a month. Then there's the new Hulu that's in beta, in test, called Hulu with Live TV. And it's 40 a month and is a replacement for traditional pay TV. You get all the on-demand programming that comes in the $8 a month package, plus you get uh, four or five dozen of traditional pay TV channels that you can watch live. You can watch them pretty much anywhere on any device. So it's a deal as an alternative. When you figure the typical pay TV package is just over $100 a month and Hulu with live TV is 40 well, that's a deal. All right, Tom writes in and says, what is the best way for me to get rid of a timeshare? You know, in all the years I've been on the air, and even all the way back to my first book that came out, I've written 10 books. It was even in my first book about the impossibility of getting rid of a timeshare. Timeshares are one of those questions virtually without a good answer. There is a website called Vacatia. You can go look at it as a potential way to maybe get rid of your timeshare, but usually you have to pay somebody to take over your timeshare. The one Hail Mary that has worked for some people is go to your timeshare during the week that your week is available, even if you haven't been there in years. And there will be people there that are really enjoying themselves, talk people up at the pool or whatever, and see if somebody there would like to have your timeshare. You're not going to get any money for it, but you can ultimately sign it over to them and be done with it. There's something else that I'd like you to look at, the timeshare users group. Google that and see what people who own units where your timeshare is, what they're doing to get rid of theirs. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet 
and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com. 